This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I'm Rose Skeeters, host of From Borderline to Beautiful, a show about hope and recovery for BPD. Hello, and welcome to another episode of From Borderline to Beautiful. I hope everyone's New Year's unresolutions are going well, and that you're thinking small, cultivating self-awareness and positivity, and most of all, building trust within yourself. Remember that you spent many years likely engaging in bad habit behaviors, so it's time to turn things around and kick those habits out of your life once and for all. This takes time, so patience is a good one to put on that moral compass. Today we're going to talk about the importance of positive role models. Stick around at the end, as Q&A is back and I will tackle the tough topic of how. But first, let's get down to this idea of role models. So you guys know by now, if you have listened to previous episodes, that I am a big Googler. I love to wrap my mind around big ideas and little ones too by getting a definition of a word or phrase from several different sources. To me, it creates a new pathway of understanding, especially because my old BPD-brained love loved to assume that I knew everything about everything and needed no help from anyone. Big black and white hyperbole there. See that? So when I am explaining something, I always start with the definition. So I googled role models, and here is something I found on a website I honestly never heard of before called Dawn.com. Positive role models influence our actions and motivate us to strive to uncover our true potentials and overcome our weakness. Having them pushes us to make the most out of our life. Role models are a must for self-improvement because we must have a standard to strive for or compare ourselves with. Pretty awesome excerpt right there, right? So essentially, throughout our development, we have looked to those around us to shape our behavior. When a child follows an example of an adult, they will pick up habits and behaviors that will last a lifetime. And oftentimes, good character traits need to not only be taught, but experienced. This is why having positive role models is really important. A role model is a person whose behavior is imitated by other people. There are role models who engage in positive and constructive actions. And there are those who have bad habits that can be transformed to anyone who admires that person. Some people lead such negative and destructive lives that they are examples of what not to do. Children who have good Strong role models to follow have a better chance of developing a positive lifestyle. Unfortunately for many of us with social skills issues, difficulty in relationships, social anxiety issues, knowing how to love and the like, well, we had role models that didn't exactly shape our lives in a positive way. 
If you remember, in previous episodes, we talked about having a hyperbolic temperament can shape your worldview. So if you have trauma in the past, and you believe you were not validated in your early childhood throughout development, then you wouldn't have been focusing on finding and modeling the behavior of positive role models. Perhaps it is even true that your early childhood caregivers were not positive role models and were, well, the exact opposite. Take a minute to let that sink in. If you have ever lived your whole life with no positive role models or having so much trauma and difficulty being validated and regulating your emotions that you missed out on opportunities to have positive role models, then exactly who and what shaped the behavior that you are trying to erase from your life today? I'm sure some of you can find obvious answers to these questions. My mother is is amazing in her own unique way. She did the best she could with what she had, but I will say that I used her as my role model, and she is hyperbolic has a hard time with regulating her emotions, and had a mother, my grandmother, who did not validate her as a child and did not quite know how to handle her over-the-top sensitive personality. So, my mother was my role model. My father worried a lot about money. Maybe because my mother spent a lot of it, I don't know. But he was also my role model, so I became obsessively worried about money and tied my self-worth to it. Now, there were definitely positive things I gained from my parents. My mother taught me how to cook and to entertain people. A love language of mine, as a good Italian, is food. She taught me how to throw a great party with homemade food and love, and that's just one example of the good stuff I learned from her. That being said, I didn't have positive role models or I didn't pay attention to any around me as I grew up, especially after that first big breakup. Chris Caraba of Dashboard Confessional, a bleeding heart, overly emotional emo boy band kid, became my next role model. I mean, he got my emotional overload, guys. He totally got me. He saw me. So I looked for more people who could validate my pain not people who are positive influences and who would shape my social behavior in positive ways. As a matter of fact, come to think of it, if I were to have looked for positive influences back then, I would have thought that they were still invalidating me and that they didn't know how bad my life was and that they wouldn't have been able to relate to me at all. So I probably would have turned them away. Until recovery. When I began my recovery journey, I had no idea what I was doing, so I had to start looking for good role models so I could shape my behavior. Before I get more into the role models that I chose, let's talk about what makes a role model a good role model. There are four characteristics of good role models we're going to talk about today. First of all, a good role model is optimistic and of good moral character. They make good choices and aren't fanatics, meaning they aren't extreme. They try to make good decisions about lifestyle choices such as food, exercise, reading, making conversation, and other things. They have a positive attitude and they prioritize making an effort in everything they do. Second, a good role model is respectful and humble. As children, if we saw adults speak to people in public in a demeaning or dismissive way, 
we would automatically mimic that behavior as part of development. So a good role model models respectful behavior towards others as well as humility. They treat others as worthy and don't engage in selfish behavior. Third, a good role model has many interests and is curious. Curiosity can be a good thing, so having a role model that is willing to do and try new things that they are interested in is key. This would also make them brave, and seeing someone be brave is pretty inspiring, don't you think? Lastly, a good role model is active and healthy. They take care of their body, understanding that they only get one, and that optimal health, both mental and physical, requires a healthy lifestyle. Now, these are just four basic characteristics of a good role model. Do you have anyone in your life right now that is a good role model or a potentially good role model for you? When I was trying to figure recovery out, I started to think of Jay as a role model. He was really nice to people all the time. He ate healthy and exercised. He's respectful, positive, and had a lot of interests. He was calm, and I noticed that he made good choices. He always weighed things out. He fit all of the criteria that I talked about above of a positive role model. In addition, I chose a colleague. Her name was Ashley. She owned private practice in the area in which I lived, and she was a role model for how to operate that practice and just how to be a good clinician, a capable one, a confident one. I also chose this guy, Joe Sanok who has a cool podcast called Practice of the Practice, where he teaches therapists how to have a private practice. Shout out to Joe Sanok. He's a good guy. Modeling Jay, Ashley, and Joe was awesome because I was able to experience their behavior and then mimic that in situations where I was uncertain of how to act. Later on, I added Jocko Willink, David Goggins, and Mark Devine to that list. I also listened to the Team Never Quit podcast for heroic stories of women who had transformed lives of pain into lives of positivity and happiness. I flooded myself with information from all of these role models. I listened to them, watched videos of them, wrote down things they said, and modeled their behavior whenever possible. I wrote quotes down and had them in my phone, on my fridge, in my office, in the car. (laughs) You get the picture, right? I was able to adhere to my moral compass by watching these positive role models and experiencing what they experienced. After my recovery, when I chose to become a Christian, I used Jesus as my role model. I know a lot of you have an aversion to the Bible because you wrote to me and told me so after my last spirituality episode, and I'm sorry for that, deeply sorry. You know, I did too. Before I realized that people use religion to hurt other people and that religion and God and spirituality are all different and that God didn't give me BPD. That's not how it works. Anyways, no matter what you believe in, I am sure you can agree that Jesus is the perfect person if you've ever learned about him. If not, you should check him out. He is unconditionally loving, unconditionally supportive, calm, respectful, humble, selfless, loyal, positive, caring, and compassionate. I could go on and on. Now, Jesus is the only role model I need because I strive now to be just like him. I read the Bible because it contains stories of how he responded in certain situations. 
and I write down things he said and use them in my work or in podcast episodes to remember for later when I need help in a certain situation. I imagine that he is next to me, telling me what he would do in my situation. It helps immensely to know that the most perfect human is the person I strive to be like. Jay got to be the way he is because Jesus was his role model growing up his whole life. I suppose I just came to the conclusion later in my journey because I wasn't really ready to accept spirituality when he told me that a long, long time ago. So anyway, now you see my journey was laid out. My original role models were my mother and father, though they were unable to provide me with the things I needed to grow and develop socially and emotionally. I chose positive role models, preliminary ones, and these changed as I grew in my personal development journey. So now I ask you, who is your positive role model? Do they meet the four basic criteria? And do they meet the four basic criteria all of the time? It is important I point this out because so often I hear, yeah, this person is loyal and makes good decisions, except... Well, there was a time where they cheated on their spouse and they impulsively spend all their money and they, you know, were addicted to meth. It's like, no, your positive role model has to be the same person all of the time. Good role models are consistent. They're the same person always. Sure, they have moods. Even Jay can get upset, but he still acts the same. He doesn't explode or get demeaning or stop doing the things he needs to for work. He's consistent, like a rock. I've learned to be that way as well. Actually, when my son describes his stepfather, he says that Jay is loyal and the same always. So who are your role models? I ask you again. If you can't think of anyone like I described above, search for them. I have a very charismatic and highly motivated coaching client, and he chose Matthew McConaughey, And he's a motivational speaker. I didn't know that, actually. Denzel Washington, who also writes motivational things, and David Goggins. He said he wrote the quotes down that they said that resonated with him everywhere. And he floods himself with the information. He listens to podcasts, audiobooks, every minute he can of the day. And he thinks of their advice and what they would do in in his situations, in situations he finds himself. It has really elevated his recovery. So find your positive role models, write down the attributes that they possess that you admire, and get out there and start making decisions based on what they would do. All right, stay tuned for the Q&A. Hi there. I just listened to your episode on splitting, and that's definitely something that I struggle with, and I definitely resonated with um, the tantrums that you talked about. However, what I don't understand is how to actually take that step back before visiting your core values and deciding on what choice you want to make. Often my emotions come on so quickly and so strongly that I can't even take a pause or a breath. And that's often what's most frustrating about advice that people give to people with BPD is the first step is we'll take a step back from the situation. And I really just don't get how to separate my emotion from what is actually happening. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your podcast.
Hey Maris, thank you so much for that question. I could see how frustrating it would be. I remember when I was going through treatment, when people would tell me you should do this and I just couldn't figure it out. So I'm sorry. I don't want to be another voice out there just frustrating you. I will say, if you're still having trouble after I answer this question, please reach out and schedule a session. Unfortunately, there's only so much specifics I can give in terms of like looking at a whole population. So if you call or you have coaching sessions with me, I can help tailor my advice to your individual situation outside of just this podcast forum. However, I will say that if you're looking to stop splitting and you need to be able to take a step back, there's so many things that need to be put in place before that. I've talked in previous episodes about exercise, for example. So if you're exercising on an ongoing basis and you're exercising in a way that matches your hyperbolic temperament, then my hope is that you would be better able to manage your emotions prior to being in a situation where you get so upset that you can't stop. Also, we've talked about splitting two here on this podcast. I have, and you know, I think it's tough because they say like you you said that you can't stop. You know, I have a hard time with that. I know that my emotions would go from zero to 60, but I do know that I knew I was being mean. Somewhere along the line in that tantrum, I it got to me. And my clients say the same thing. So I would say, like, search within you. Do you have hatred towards the person that you're with? And if not, why can't you walk away? That's really my question. Put yourself in that person's shoes. And not just in the middle of an argument, but every day, day in and day out. When you wake up in the morning, are you thinking about how they can meet your needs? Are you thinking about how you can meet theirs? Are you taking care of your body? Are you choosing healthy foods? Are you trying to learn how to manage your emotions? If you haven't exercised yet, why? Wouldn't that be being a good partner? When you get into an argument with someone, did you try the anger management episode? Did you try walking away? When you feel your, your, finch, your fists clenching? When you feel yourself getting so angry and you're hurling insults at the person, do you keep going because you don't want to stop because you're so mad? Do you always feel like your back is against the wall and you're being attacked whenever somebody says something to you that maybe hurts you in some way? What are you doing about those things? Do you have a therapist? Do you have a coach? Do you have somebody to help you figure out why you feel attacked? Did you look at the relationship of your early childhood caregivers? And did you try to figure out what kind of love they had within each other? If you had a mom and a dad, or if you were raised by a stepmom or a mom or whoever you were raised by, did they love each other in the way that you show love to the person you're with in this sort of tyrannical way? How is such a big question I get all the time, but how, but how? You know, and it's like, well, first you have to be willing. You have to be willing to stop being mean. And you have to be willing to understand that you have complete control over your brain. You do. You may not think you do because you really go into that defensive mode and attack mode when you feel like someone's saying something to you. I remember Jay would say something to me and I would go into like full on beast attack mode. And the way that I started taking that step back is first of all, he left me. 
okay? So if the person you're with isn't leaving you or if you're worried about them leaving you, that has to be a motivation. You can't just go, oh, don't leave me, don't leave me, you're going to reject me and then not change. So how do you change? Well, if you have extra energy and you feel that itch, you know, everybody with BPD can see hear what I'm saying right now. You, it, it doesn't just explode, right? There's an itch, like there's like an energy itch. Like you want to, you want to hurt someone, you want to hurt something, not literally, or you want to yell at someone or, you know, you've been stewing all day with intrusive thoughts because you think your partner's cheating on you. And when they walk in the door, bam. Okay. So how do you take a step back from that? Well, how do you spend all day ruminating and brooding in your intrusive thoughts? Same question. How do you live with yourself after you hurt the person that you say that you love so much? Same question. How do you go on to BPD support and Facebook groups and post memes of how horrible life is with BPD? What if you just redirected that energy to doing listening to every episode in this podcast and taking a whole body approach to recovery? So that was my long-winded answer. Look, I know it's hard and I know it's frustrating, but I'm telling you there is a way to take a step back. There's a big way. But first you have to choose. You have to choose what it is that you want. Even in this message, you sound angry and hurt, and I'm sorry for that. So reach out, find yourself a coach, someone that could talk you through it, and try doing listening to all of the episodes if you can't do that. We're here for you. There's a whole community of people. If you want to head on over to Facebook, you can look at From Borderline to Beautiful. You know, People will help you. They'll give you good advice for the most part. <laughs> Sometimes we don't always give the greatest, but we try. And we post positive activities, positive statements, positive memes, I'm trying to build a community of people that learn that they can. So how? Keep listening. Understand that you're hurting the person that you love. You are hurting them. So after a tantrum, do your damage control, exercise, workout, find the Facebook group. My group, unfortunately, it's full right now. So you'll know, we'll have to wait. If, there, if I do another group in 2021, can maybe get on board with that. Um, but yeah, you know, I just want you to know that I'm sending compassion your way, Maris, because I know that there are a lot of people out there who feel the way that you feel, especially when it keeps happening again and again and again. But I promise you that there is a way. You just might need more individualized help to figure it out. Thank you for listening, everybody. I will see you again next week for another episode of From Borderline to Beautiful. Okay, thanks for listening. That was From Borderline to Beautiful, a production of Thrive Mind Body LLC, online coaching that helps frustrated individuals, resentful couples, and disconnected families navigate through tough times. Visit us on the web at thriveonlinecounseling.com. If you like this show, remember, you can hear it on Anchor or Apple Podcasts or Pocket Casts or any app that you use to listen to podcasts. Subscribe to get a new episode every Monday. If you want to get in touch, you can leave me a voice message. Some of you had some comments and questions from the last episodes, and I'd love to hear whatever questions you have, too. Just download the Anchor mobile app, 
Search for From Borderline to Beautiful and tap the message button to send me a voice message. We'll have all those links in the show description. Okay, we made it. Thanks again for listening. I'm Rose Skeeters, and I'll be back next week with another episode of From Borderline to Beautiful. Talk to you then.